Michael, why don't you introduce our next guest? Well, I've had the honor of uh, teaching a class at DePaul called Activists and Activism since 1960. And I do that with Ewan Haig, who's the head of the geography department. And he, uh, last year, no, it was the year before, when we took our class to study gentrification down in Pilsen, uh, he took me to the offices of uh, the Pilsen Alliance. And there was this dynamic guy. There were a couple of dynamic dudes there. And one of them was this guy... Byron Sigcho, and I saw him last week when we were back in Pilsen, uh, which had more graffiti on the wall criticizing gentrification than I had remembered, and I got to listen to Byron talk to my students, and he was great, and I said, will you come on our radio show? So good morning to you. Good morning, Mike, and thank you very much. Good morning, and thank good you morning. for the invitation. Thank you again. We've been hearing about gentrification in Pilsen, I have, since the late 60s. And uh, so that's two generations of a, or maybe three, of a predominantly Latino culture uh, that has survived many different economic threats to be gentrified away. Why is this an even more critical problem today than it was going back to the late 60s? No, no, that's a great question. And I think, like, and we're still there, <laughs> right? Just I think we've seen, like, the, the pressure of development. Ironically, and I always joke with uh, with um, some of the students that often come and people from the community because, um, you know, I teach at UIC, too. So I've seen the, 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 acts, the, the forces that go around displacement gentrification right the uac has been one of those forces right the city and uh, the different plans i have had for pilsen but the people the community is still there and what has changed i think uh is this uh, new wave of gentrification development where we see bigger bigger developers coming in and um i had the pleasure to talk to some uh, some people outside who were being walking around pilsen i always love to to see the perception and now you see developers from new york coming in developers from california coming in right and these are we're talking about mega plans right and we have even bigger the uh, investors who come and they don't buy it. It's not about, okay, I'm going to buy a property. This is an investment property. Like in the past, people who want to invest in a neighborhood to stay because they love Pilsen. This is just an investment for them. Say, so, well, this seems like a nice area where we can make a lot of money. We're going to flip this these uh, these houses and make a lot of money and then uh, there's no no uh, appreciation of the culture the 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 beauty of what Chicago is I think uh, Chicago is made of neighborhoods is made of cultures made a lot of things and that was made Chicago Chicago so I think um, for us it's important battle right is about uh, affordability for everyone right and also preserving the social fabric that is so unique in Pilsen you literally have hundreds of people every day I don't know if you have seen Pilsen lately but hundreds of people who come and look at the murals look at the restaurants look at the vibrancy but that's really precisely at stake right now when neighborhoods change so drastically and people the massive the, uh, displacement we've seen 10,000 people being displaced 5,000 half of them being evicted in the last decade that's those are massive proportions so I think that that's changed you know and I think that also has changed on the way we organize so we we interesting talk about policy with I, I was uh, really happy to hear uh, someone running again you know for the assessor's office right? because that will have a drastic impact on what happens in Pilsen so in the classic sense you're talking about massive market forces visiting your neighborhood how do you combat that how, how do you realistically other than holding up a protest <laughs> sign saying we don't like this 
How, how do you fight those kind of market forces? Absolutely, and I, and I think that's, a, you know, always uh, I like to engage with uh, young people in in discussions about, yeah, it's great to have these massive marches that are, you know, you don't see very, very often or everywhere, right? And it's great to see people, um, you know, trying to raise awareness and the consciousness, but ultimately comes down to policy, right? I think that that is a way that, you know, we have direct action, we have organizing, but also having proposals in, on the table to say, okay, well, how are we going to address this issue of massive displacement? How do we preserve the social fabric of the neighborhood and it comes with policy best you know policies as was described early on right i said well uh, tax assessment disproportionately affect low-income residents poor residents even middle-income residents i would say um where your 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 taxes were um you know all of a sudden double triple right and if you are on fixed income as a senior or if you are low income or you don't have a you know that has a drastic effect of well can i stay in the neighborhood or not so having a, a, a tax a prop, a property taxes reform is critical for us right uh, like you said you shouldn't need a lawyer to to appeal your taxes so is naturally what happens the the people who have godfathers or have you know they all the connections or have money are able to appeal the taxes and the low-income residents middle-income residents who perhaps don't even know they can appeal the taxes oftentimes get stuck with a big bill so we're literally subsidizing uh the the rich uh from you know communities that are struggling so uh we talked about you know today we have um a, a massive movement that is talking about uh, we're part of the steering committee of uh rain control we're talking about rain control which really is rent stabilization as we see in new york and we've seen in in, uh, in other cities like California because we want to regulate investment. We don't want to have the speculators come in and double and tripling um, the um, uh, the rents, right? So let's talk about like assessments, but also let's talk about you know uh, rents. So there's a number of things just cost to evict. We talk about you know lawyers committed for better housing, how draconian or eviction laws are, you know how the literally people can put you you know in the street literally in a matter of. 30 days, right? So the inhuman, the inhumanity, and the 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 lack of real the real grounding of what does it mean, right? To what displacement look like, right? And it's a process that is has um has really concerning implications for the city as a whole. 250,000 ah. African American residents have been displaced of Chicago. So it's not only in the Latino community. Do we, we have a figure on Latinos too? Uh, we don't have it because of- They're a little different. There's the a reasons. little different because, you know, you, as you know, like the undocumented community is, is, is big, but I'll tell you, Little Village and Pilsen, who were iconic immigrant communities, the port of entry for many immigrants are losing that um, that port of, that, that fabric, right? So we don't see immigrants coming to live in Little Village now because of costs. So they're like trying to now uh, stay in the periphery. Berwyn, uh, Cicero, Aurora, Juliet, and even uh, at, you know outside Illinois, in areas that are a little more affordable. So these are concerning figures. I mean, Chicago is losing population, or 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 um, you know we are a blue collar, you know immigrant you know city for so long. We're losing that that fabric, and then we have to reinvent ourselves as a city. Then and how that process looks like it is it is critical, and we have to be part of the conversations. On a related note. Uh What's been going on around immigration and ICE in your community? I mean, have you seen uh, raids? Are people talking about it? I mean, in Rogers Park, we have, you know, a real activist group up there ready for whatever comes our way. But uh, we think it would happen in your neighborhood first. Absolutely. I think uh, we, you know, we have a rapid response team. I think, um, you know, there's a, a great network of um 
group, neighborhood groups that is a coalition. So there's a rapid response teams that we have had like multiple know your rights workshops. So people are, are well informed about the issue. However, we have seen like a thing in areas like back of the yards in areas, you know, um, um, like Caesar, we've seen in, in other areas that are, you know, a little bit, um, you know, that, that don't have as many organizations, right? That's the power of organizing, right? The way you can respond to these outrageous attacks. So I think that's, that, that is what we, we, we believe in, you know, the, the people organized are less vulnerable, right? Than, you know, in areas where we don't have organizations, we don't have information. Um, so we're seeing something areas, but we're improving. We are now working on coalitions that are not only in Pilsen, you know, Little Village, in the Southwest area, but we're trying to work on the shit on citywide. And I think that is, that is uh, what's gonna help us to protect, you know, or communities. What's the working relationship between Pilsen Alliance and the former community organizer, Alderman Solis? <laughs> we, we, I mean, it's always, I mean, I think the Pilsen Alliance was almost, it started almost to counter um, the outrageous, you know, policies of Alderman Solis. I think it's no secret that Alderman Solis has from the get-go, you know, whatever he he did as an organizer, I think that sometime, I think someone said that he was a socialist. Even no, we point. even heard he was in the Brown Berets right, in the old days, which right. was a, you know, a Mexican group. And, and I don't know how you go from the Brown Berets to, you know, the starting the Hispanic Democratic Organization to be, you know, basically the puppet of, you know, Mayor Daly, now Ram. And, you know, he they believe in the Linsky style of organizing. We give you what you need and you cut our deals and we give us some, uh, you know, I guess some concessions. But we don't we haven't seen that really work very well in Pilsen. We have seen, uh, uh, in fact, quite the opposite. Right. I think he's the, never seen a development he didn't like. Right, exactly. He, he, and he said it very openly. He says, you know, I, and I think his campaign funds reflect that, right? I think that he's, as a zoning chair, has been able to, you know, raise millions of dollars at the expense of the community. Is all of Pilsen in his district? Yeah, or, all of Pilsen is. But he has other areas that protect him because he, does he lose a vote in Pilsen? But wins it in other parts of the city, and that's unfortunate, right? I think, like, I think people who, I mean, gerrymandering is a, is a problem, right? When you have politicians able now, we don't we don't elect our politicians. Our politicians elect the voters now, so you know, or choose who who the voters are. So I think like there's a little chunk of Pilsen that he was able to take down because pe you know people would not vote for him. Uh, there's other areas now. The West Loop is connected to the 25th Ward and makes it a lot more complicated to organize because the interests on the West Loop are different than in Pilsen. But I tell you one thing, I think one thing that we can all be agreeing is the pay-to-play politics is a problem. And I think people in the West Loop we've seen being outraged by not being able to, to know about these zoning changes, these zoning deals, uh, and only know after the fact. So I think that we, we see more residents coming together to understand how critical, how it is outrageous that developers are able to pay in lieu fees to get out of affordable housing. So we gotta give them, we, we're gonna create all these loopholes, right? In Pilsen alone, $3.3 million of affordable housing have been lost and that money never came back to the community. They have paid on fees to avoid affordable housing on site, but that money never comes back to the community. So there are issues and I think that's a policy that we're gonna put in place, right? We need to create more affordable housing. That's a way to, to keep our residents in the city. So one of the major development actors in Pilsen that came out of early organizing efforts was the Resurrection Project. Mm -hmm. How do they figure in your efforts to try to uh, stave off the impact of rising market rents? I think that we, we're working on, you know, we're trying to be proactive on the project. We have to be creative. You know, I think we're now to working together in a cooperative project. So we have residents now. Obviously, it's a tough conversation for the Resurrection Project because we believe in uh, 
people empowerment. So we say, well, we want to create more home ownership. We want to give more ownership. We want to buy more properties. And the resurrection project doesn't seem to agree all the time with us because they can see themselves grow and they have grown significantly to be an organization of $30 million. Now they have, I think, $100 million in assets, but they, they seem to be growing outside the, the area. So we've been pushing them to acquire property in Pilsen. We're not done yet here. So I think we, we are about to purchase and we're very happy. We have a, a dear friend, Hector Duarte, who's a great artist in the community and his wife, uh, Linda Lawton, who's a reporter. Yeah. And they're both, start, and I'm very happy and very proud to be part of those efforts when we have uh, able to get um, a grant of a technical assistant grant. These residents who took, had to even take some, uh, um, some uh, a leave of absence from work to create these efforts. But I'm proud to, to see them and take more residents, take um, this this fight on their own hands, and I think they're very close to buy their first property. So I think that we, we with this kind of um, this kind of efforts to bring people together, um, and sometimes not the, the easiest. Those are not the easiest conversations, um, but I think really benefiting the residents, the um, the people from the community. I think uh, is priceless. I mean, that's what we makes this uh, organizing work very rewarding. Byron Sigcho, uh, one of the things that you mentioned about Pilsen and that uh, people talk about are the murals, yeah. and. Uh, there have been a couple of issues where a developer actually painted over a mural. And there's also, uh, rather than go to local muralists, the city brought in someone from, I think, Belgium <laughs> for $250,000 yeah. to paint a long rat, yes. which is quite a quite a mural and if you look at it at the right angle, you don't see the blood and guts. Yeah, but yeah. tell us about those two murals briefly. So, um, the, 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 the mural that, well, the first mural you know is the, the mural in Casa Stlan, right? So Casaslan is being um, um, a community center, the, the, um, I think the anchor of our community for, for decades, you know. I think that the loss not only of the mural, but the, the center itself, it was a painful loss. Um, having a, a developer, and a City Paths is a big developer, um, they have... Um, they have big connections with RAM. They're donors. I think $10,000, I think, went before they came in. They give Because we check, you know, who comes into the neighborhood. But it was, was outrageous. I think that really prompted people to be, uh, when this was slap in the face, was when they were painting over a very historic building, um, the audacity to to having the social media, I think that they posted, well, making making Chicago great again, right? And that was posted on the social media. America and that, great, Chicago great. <laughs> you know, and I don't, I don't really understand the concept, right? Because I think, um, I think that we have a great community, we have a great city, and I think, but this is the mentality, right, of uh, I don't know what kind of vision they have where they don't really care or take the time to know where they're going, what it means for the community, and the beauty uh, of the community is reflecting on these murals, right? Uh, today, of course, thanks to the organizing of uh, the Lions and other, uh, and other groups, uh, the, 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 the developer was forced to, to restore the mural. Oh, I think today, today they're painting it as we speak. I think that there's some uh, Ray Patlan, um, which is uh, one of the original painters and a, you know, a, national, um, a national figure in terms of mural work, uh, is, is involved in this project we also made a made force the developer to commit to pay for uh, an uh, arts uh, program for the children in the community and i think we could get more concessions and we can get more demands we wouldn't have for the alderman actually taking the side of the developer so we could have pushed for 21 percent affordable like in in pilsen is the you know the only neighborhood in the in the city where we have 21 percent mandate not the 10 percent minimum uh thanks to this organizing but again that's why i think we need to go the extra mile you know and i'm excited about you know what's the what what is coming next you know i think 
um, having, you know, people at the decision-making process, like having a mural form. We have wonderful muralism to refer to the other mural that you, you talked about, that rad that I think probably reflects more of the politics of the <laughs> of the city council than anything else. But I think to to is a slap in the face of so many wonderful muralists you have in the in Pilsen. You know, you have Marcos Reyes, Ray Patlan, you know, Salvador Vega, Hector Duarte. I mean mm-hmm. I can go mm-hmm. on and on. And to have just an spend amount of money it is outrageous. So, you know, talk about participatory budgets, right? We say, well, if you want a mural to be painted, well, how is painted, who paints it? it, has to be decided by the community. And I think we have a lot of expertise in that. But I think this technocratic idea and, and um, the disconnection more than more than anything else from the, what the community needs is outrageous. And I think that's what the Alliance has been doing in the, in the in the last 20 years, and I think we'll continue to do so, um, you know, to hold our officials accountable. I think that um, having, uh, having com- you know, we talk about Alderman Rosa, a, a definitely a, a, a people's champion, talking about having community-driven zoning process, you know? There's a lot of things that we can do, and I think that we will make sure that we have uh, we have our people there to, to see the alternative, that gentrification displacement is not inevitable, that we, there's a lot of things that we can do. As, as we wrap up here, I know a lot of your early research at UIC was on charter schools. Mm-hmm. What role do they play in this market pressure that you're feeling around the real estate market in Pilsen? Absolutely, and I think that, you know, Uno, right now, but nobody, I think we seem to be forgotten about Uno, but that was actually my thesis, right? And I think we've we seen that, and I think that was in 2012 when we have already alarming um, information, which basically, I don't think any of those uh, individuals like Juan Rangel, Phil Mullins, who was a, a close ally of Alderman Solis, I don't know what he's doing now, but uh, they call themselves at one point educators, right? But this was, uh, always was a political effort. Ran Juan Rangel, Ron, Ron Emanuel's campaign, right? They wanted B, they wanted contracts, right? One of the BP sell was uh, out the, of Uno was also selling windows for the schools. Yeah. I mean, this has nothing to do with education. This was about contracts, about pay to play, more pay to play, and the damage they've done. You know, these are, these are schools. These are eight thousand children who need quality education, and what they were getting was uh, the same old. There was just these deals. This, uh, you know, uh, this culture that is pervasive and it fails not only children, but parents and, and communities in general, right? So it was very connected. I think UNO was the, the force of the, of, of the Democratic Party, um, you know, in the Latino community. And I think we challenged that. We challenged that and we challenged them uh, in courts. We challenged them in hearings in the, uh, in, the, in the Board of Education. And we'll continue to challenge them because they reinvented themselves, right, to now I think the other groups uh, uh, out there. But we know who they are. We know what they've done. And we have a lot more people that are committed to progressive politics, that are committed to have progressive values and principles that will drive us forward and not backwards. I think it was really a shame what happened uh, with UNO as a learning lesson of who we trust, who our leaders really are. And Alderman Solis, again, you know, uh, in the wrong side of history. All right. Thanks so much for coming on, Byron Sigto. <laughs> and uh, give us a quick uh, a place to contact you, the Pilsen Alliance website. Maybe? Yeah, the, uh, you can check. I think the, uh, the PilsenAlliance.org is a, is a website. But I really suggest nowadays we have a wonderful youth committee that is in, in charge of our Facebook uh, page. So Facebook now, social media seems to be a lot more up to date. So <laughs> check our Facebook and our Pilsen Alliance, Instagram and Twitter. I think we have it all. I think the, our new generation, I think, and, um, is, 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 is really evolving. And we're using that for organizing so it's great and uh, i really encourage people to to take change on their own hands it's not Viva gonna... la gente. Gracias. yeah yeah si se puede. 